What a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a busy day today in Vegas. Wow, what a sports day. Whenever the Golden Knights are playing, you know you can go to any of the watch parties at PT's as they're a proud partner with the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're playing in a big one tonight as we open up the show, and big part of what we do here every day is we try to get the pulse of Las Vegas, and today is all about what needs to happen on Raider Nation Radio with our friends over at T-Mobile, great friends, the Vegas Golden Knights. And they're in a big spot. This is a game where they have to win. They have to win because they got to win on the road. They got to win on the road if they want to get out of this round. So pretty much, let's get going. And if you go to PT's Taverns tonight, the SG Bar, Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick's, they have the VGK Collector's Cups. And they continue in June while these supplies last. Toast to the Vegas Golden Knights with your very own limited edition VGK Collector's Cup. Stop by your favorite tavern to grab yours with a purchase of select draft beers. Why supplies last? I got all four. They're cool. They're great by the pool. They're great when you're watching it. A proud sponsor of the show, and they fuel the monologue. PTs as we get going. So good show today. Four-time Pro Bowl guard. What a career with Cincinnati and a great career with the Raiders. Max Montoya in our Raiders legend segment at the bottom of the hour from his L.A. days. If you remember Max, you know, call in, tweet out something about him because he was a hell of a player in this league. I'm talking a great player and well-respected throughout the Raider nation. So Max Montoya, a little bit later on, we could have a Raider player a little bit later in the show that we're working on. We'll see what happens there. The queen of the Raider nation, Steph McKenzie. Maybe I should clarify that. The queen of the Las Vegas Raiders, Steph McKenzie, because she was in Vegas before anybody. So she's got that title. And she's a diehard Raider fan, and we talk to her every two weeks. And then Johnny Katz, John katz is from the Review Journal. He'll join us, I think, at 1.30 or 1.40. And we'll go over everything that's open. Because now what's so fun about Vegas, if you're new to Vegas or you're listening out of market, on the Raiders mobile app is you need to know what's going on in Vegas. I fall victim to that too. My wife mocks at me and laughs at me at times. I have FOMO, fear of missing out. Even in my 50s, when I don't get invited to something, I get personally offended. Do you know guys like that? Do you got buddies like that? Like I've been in Vegas since 96. I got a lot of friends here. I know a lot of people in business. And every once in a while, JT falls through the cracks. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What about me? Oh, they say, oh, I didn't know, JT, you're always working. You're wor- you work at night, right? I go, yeah, but you know, I get time off. I can take a night off. Let me know what's going on. We got Guns N' Roses. We got the Golden Knights. We got Wilder Fury. We got the opening of the Resorts World. We got big stuff going on at Virgin Hotels. But we got to share some information here. You know, I got my buddy Joe running Wet Republic Pool Party. When you coming by, Brick? I'm not pool ready. I'm not going there. That's for the youngsters. I'll slide over to another one. Today, I'm going to my seat selection. Today, I get to sit in my seat. I'm going to act surprised. I saw my seat a few times, 
because we did the Raiders pregame show, Eric and Alan and I, from the Twitch Lounge in the 100 level, and that's where my seats are. It's in 132. 132, home of JT the Brick, at home games with my wife or my sons. There will be Raider fans in my seats if I'm not there. So I'm getting a chance to see that today. I'm taking one of my best friends, and we're going to go cruise the stadium today and pretend like we're going to a game. I've been waiting for this a while. If you've had a chance to go to your seats, how was that experience? What was it like to go into the stadium and actually sit in your seat and then go to the concession stands and kind of map map your vibe? You know, that's one of the things I love about sports that I continue to love is we're creatures of habit. And the interesting thing about what's going to happen at Allegiant Stadium is no one has done it yet. So we don't have a habit yet that we're going to do. You get me? Because when I went to Oakland all those years, I would fly up or fly up the night before. But if I flew up the day of the game and I'd have a backpack with me, I'd fly and I'd get on Air Bart and then I'd get off at Bart. And then I'd go to see Chris and West Oakland and my buddies who were tailgating, and I'd have a couple beverages with them and see them. And then I'd head over to the Black Hole, and then I'd go to Raider Raza, a great tailgate party. And then I'd go inside, put my bag in the dugout. That was one of my favorite things about my routine in Oakland, was I put my bag in the dugout of the Oakland A's where Reggie Jackson and Catfish Hunter sat. And from time to time, if you follow me on Twitter, I would send out a picture because I couldn't believe how awful that dugout was. I'd put my bag down there and there'd be wires and telephone wires and there'd be an old toilet, like a real old toilet, like you'd find like a train station in the Midwest. And Major League Baseball players like Derek Jeter would be forced to use that toilet if they needed to in the middle of the game. And I'd sit there and I'd look and I'd sit down at the Oakland Coliseum and I'd take it all in. And that was part of my routine. And now I don't know what my routine's going to be for Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the honor of hosting the pregame show, I'll get there early, I'll park, I'll go inside, and I won't get a chance to tailgate. And I won't get a chance to do the tailgate like I did in Oakland. But what I know what's going to happen is I know the party is going to be inside. Not that there's not going to be parties outside. But believe me, if you haven't been in the stadium yet and you're fortunate enough to have a ticket, you are going to want your ass inside that stadium. Why wouldn't you? The price of the ticket, the sight lines, all the amenities, where you can take photos with your friends, walk around, see the art, go to the torch, take a picture out the window of the strip. I mean, look, I'm all for tailgating. You know, I love a tailgate. But how long you want to bake in the parking lot and tailgate when you can go inside in the air conditioning and get all those amenities? So I want to know what you think your routine is going to be. It's a good topic here in June, summer hours, waiting on the Raiders to get us a couple of players. Got some Raider content today, but I want to know what some of the diehard Raider fans, Black Hole, some of our other friends, what do you think your routine is going to be? I know there's a big meeting coming up on parking and tailgating. I actually have no idea what that's going to look like, none. I just know the Raiders want to do it five-star. I know that there's going to be other partners that are going to have tailgates and do some things. I swear to you, I have no idea what's happening with all that and parking and all that. For the people who are going to complain about the parking and all that, those are the same people who complain about everything. Those people complain about everything. It's not perfect. It's not as much parking as the Coliseum. If you lost your mind, it's not the Coliseum. The Coliseum was in Oakland 
off a freeway. There was plenty of room for parking. This is on the Strip in Vegas. There's not a lot of room. So you're not going to have the same outdoor experience that you had in Oakland with a sea of cars and smoke and tailgates all over the place. It's going to be different. So how are you going to change your routine? And what will it be like for you, the routine of tailgating? Because we should work this out, I think, on the radio. And what I would do is I'd find a bar. I'd find a place to park. You know, get your get to the game early. I mean, this is where you want to get to the game early. This is Las Vegas, man. Get up in the morning and get out of the house. Pack your cooler. Do, what you, do whatever you're going to do. And get your butt down there. And then if there's traffic or you come in, you're trying to figure out your routine, instead of going in there in a bad mood or complaining, it wasn't perfect, JT. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be great, but it's not going to be perfect. And then you'll get in there an hour or two in advance, and you can watch Eric Allen and all the guests we're going to have on the pregame show and all the entertainment that's going to be in the building. So I think that's a pretty good topic for today because it affects all of us, even those who are road tripping out of Nevada or driving in from California. What will your routine be? And I'll throw this out generically for a Sunday game. Raiders play Sunday in the 1 o'clock window. When are you coming to town? Where are you staying? Where are you partying? And where are you going to be on game day and try to go in there and get it grooving? Isn't this a good topic? Because it's June. And the games start in August with a preseason game. And then we're right into the belly of the beast. Monday night football. I'm a big Uber guy and Lyft guy. I like taking an Uber. I like to get my drink on, but I'm working on home games. So that's not going to happen. But road games, if you're coming in from out of town, do you want to take an Uber in? Do you want to get there an hour early? Do you want to get dropped off at a certain place on Polaris? Do you want to walk up? Do you want to see your friends who are tailgating in the back of the lot? Or do you want to get right to your seats that are pretty premium seats if you're sitting in the upper, upper deck or you're down there at the wind club? How quickly do you think you want to get into the game? It's an open topic for everybody. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. And there's a pretty good chance you got better information than me as of now in June, June 2nd, that your plan might be better than other guys' plans here. If you want to promote something, if you want to promote your tailgate or what you're going to do, I'm cool with that today. As we open up the show when we begin the monologue, 702-365-9200. How is your routine going to be different from Oakland for a home Raider game? What are you optimistic about, about your new routine? And when are you going to figure it out? <laughs> My wife and I did a dry run-through, you know, a year ago when they were still building the place where we live up here in Summerlin and we drove and we got on Hacienda, and we took Hacienda down, and we're driving, and we're like, oh, my God, this is great. We're on Hacienda. There's no stop signs. There's no lights. We're driving behind Spanish trails, and we're like, beautiful. Then we come through that industrial area, and then you come over, and wow, there's the stadium. And you're looking up at the, the Mandalay Bay and the Delano, and you're coming in from that side. If you're coming in from Henderson, are you going to avoid the 15? This is what they're discussing, so I'd like to know what you have to say on that. 702-365-9200. My phone number should be in your phone. So you just hit JT Radio Show and you get right through. All right, I thought Vinny Bonsignor, Vinny is so bleeping great. I mean, Vinny puts out content every day. And Las Vegas Review Journal yesterday, Vincent Bonsignor did a deep dive on Jonathan Abram. And I read that and I texted him telling him what a great article it was because 
it really tells you the pressure on John Abram, but how much how much football he's missed and how quickly Jonathan Abram's got to get up to speed. And Abram has come to the conclusion that there is merit in becoming a more even-tempered version of himself. Quote, playing under control is how he explained it. Not really taking that many wild hits, he said. Getting myself knocked out of the game, hurting my own body. Let's stop there. I think that's really mature for him to say that. He came into the league wanting to take everybody out. He only played the first half of the first game he ever played and sat out the whole year. Man, that was a devastating loss for the Raiders. Then he came back last year, missed a couple of games because he's pretty reckless. But reckless is good when you're tackling and you're tackling and you, you want to blow up a play. But it's too important because other teams are targeting Jonathan Abram. Andy Reid knows that Jonathan Abram is a reckless, out-of-control player the last time he played. So Andy Reid is going to put together a game plan on how to confuse Jonathan Abram and how to confuse a young Trayvon Mullen and how to confuse a young Damon Arnett. That's why Casey Hayward coming in was so important because Hayward comes in a two-time pro bowler under Gus Bradley's system, and you can't confuse Casey Hayward. You can line up Tyreek Hill wide. You, you can run double reverses. You can do it in Casey Hayward, knows Kansas City, and on top of that, he understands Gus Bradley's vision. So Vinny Bonsignor writes, maybe Abram is facing a crossroads in his young career. Or perhaps it's just the evolution of a young player now able to look back and learn from strengths and weaknesses. And the 18 games he's missed because of injury his first two seasons. Whatever it is, John Abrams seems resolved on becoming a more reliable, efficient player. He seems determined to establish himself as an asset to the Raiders' defense rather than the liability he's too often been. Whoa! Whoa! That's pretty accurate reporting by Vinny. So look at it. He's played – this is his third season, but he didn't play his first season. And last year he played under – Paul Gunther, who got fired, and they were, he wasn't lined up correctly. I don't think he was coached properly because of his ability. Yeah, he, he really has to be lined up right on every play by Gus Bradley's leaders and the secondary coaches. Abram's got to break the huddle, and he's got to be lined up in the beginning correctly. And then when the play begins and there's motion, he's got to know where to go. And then after that, just unleash him and Morig and the other safety, unleash them. And then you bring in Carl Joseph for a play, and you start moving around this different rotation so these guys have fresh legs. So we're also talking in the monologue on Jonathan Abram and what you think his evolution needs to become this year. Specifically, what Bobby and I decided to do here, and we're going to try to do part of the rest of this offseason and this summer, is we're going to pick a player on certain shows, and we're going to dedicate the show to that player. And today we want to do it with Jonathan Abram. And I think there's a lot of positives we're going to say about him. I like him. I think he's a really good player with upside. I think that the injuries prove that you know, he's not available, and now he's got players drafted around him that could take his job. But he's got a new defensive coordinator, a new secondary coach that's going to help him, and he's completely healthy. And everything that I've seen on social media – shows that he is a bleeping beast. 
I mean, the guy's in unbelievable shape. I don't know what he's bench pressing, but what this guy's doing in the gym is incredible. So he's going to be ready to go, and he seems like and feels like he's a Raider. He's that type of player that Raider fans want to get behind. So today we'll spotlight Jonathan Abram and also open up the show and find out how you plan on tailgating, what you know about the tailgate, what you want to do this year, and what your routine will be. What will your routine be this year going to a Raider game that maybe makes you nervous or excites you? Let's have a talk show instead of hearing me talk for two hours. 702-365-9200. Breaking news today. Duke Blue Devils basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski will retire after the season. Coach K is the winningest coach in Division I men basketball history. Led the Blue Devils to five national championships in 41 seasons. Uh, This story today was confirmed to Woj from ESPN. Associate head coach John Shire has agreed to become the next head coach at Duke. So basically, and Coach K's got a big game out here in Vegas. Wow. We're going to get into that now. That makes his appearance in November here in Vegas a really big deal. I've interviewed Coach K three or four times in my career, once in person and over the radio, mostly when he has a book coming out. He's had several books. And, man, you want to talk about being humble. At the times I've interviewed him on a book tour, it's JT, how are you? JT, how you been? JT, how's the family? I mean, I I just am humbly impressed with Coach K. I think the world of him, yeah, he's had moments where he's kind of went off the edge a little bit, but nowhere like Bobby Knight. He's 74 years old. He's had major, major back problems in his career, and he's going to go out. I think this is the way to go out. You always want to go out with a victory tour. I, I wish Roy Williams, who we just spent some time with recently, we just did a nice trip with Roy Williams with Coaches versus Cancer, and he... He retired kind of suddenly, and it would have been nice if he had one more victory lap so he could go into every arena, every barn, and say goodbye. So Coach K, they're going to do that, and it's going to be a big story. So that's breaking news from earlier today, Coach K and his legacy. All right, the other big story was LeBron lost last night, and being on the air during that, it wasn't even a contest. The Lakers got destroyed. They didn't show up. They were dead on arrival. As soon as that show started, they had nothing. They came out. They weren't ready to play in the Valley of the Sun. Here's Booker, who played Devin Booker. This guy lives a charmed life. He's dating the beautiful, the most beautiful of all the Kardashian girls. And he's an all-star. And last night, he was the best player on the court. Ball is inbounded by the Lakers and stolen. They get it down to Booker. Suns have it. Booker for three. Suzanne. Is he on the line over there? Yes, it's a two. Two-point hoop. Uh, Booker's unbelievable. He really is the difference now with Chris Paul, who is playing limited minutes because of his shoulder injury. After the game, LeBron went to the podium. Everybody wanted to hear what he had to say about that embarrassing loss. And We got our ass kicked. I mean, it's just that simple. Um, they did, got to whatever they wanted to get to in this game. And, uh, you know, we got to be better, obviously, if we want to force a game seven. So, obviously, a lot to uh, learn from in this game, a lot to cover. See, uh, you know, what we got to do better going into game six. But, uh, I mean, they, they pretty much just kicked their asses. I mean, it's nothing else really to say. And that's okay because LeBron has to win two out of the last three games. Now he has to win two in a row. If anybody thinks that LeBron is capable of winning two games in a row with Anthony Davis with a groin problem, give me a call. Sound off early and tell me if you think that LeBron can do it. 
because this is a pivotal moment for him. He is a reigning champion. They just won the championship. Fans are coming back to the building, and we might not have LeBron James after tomorrow for the whole month of June and all of July. And that is going to crater some radio shows and some TV shows that all they do is rely on LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Low-hanging fruit, debate shows. Everybody wakes up every day and they lead with LeBron. Well, there's nothing to talk about with LeBron if he gets eliminated tomorrow. If they get eliminated, it's over. And LeBron will be eliminated in the first round. So they get a chance to go back home. I just don't know the status of Anthony Davis, so it's tough to say. And then the other breaking news today from Tim Bontemps of ESPN. The Sixers announced today that superstar center Joel Embiid has a lateral meniscus tear in his right knee after taking an awkward fall during game four. The Sixers said the injury will be treated not with surgery, but physical therapy and treatment program. He's not going to play in game five uh, tonight in his day-to-day going forward. So they feel like they can win without him here, and they should be able to do it. But when you hear about a meniscus tear and something of that degree, that is a big storyline. And then finally last night, I was on the air during Damian Lillard's run, so I got a chance to do a little play-by-play and go crazy. What Damian Lillard did last night, Lillard from Oakland, California, playing for the Portland Trailblazers against the Denver Nuggets. When he started knocking down threes, here's his 10th three-pointer in the third quarter. Dame, top of the key, steps back, another three, buries it! Damian Lillard is unbelievable! Dame time (laughs) in the extra time in Denver! That was an extra time, excuse me. That was an overtime. He was just in the zone as he kept going it, and he wasn't done yet. They still, they should have lost this game a couple of times early. Denver came back. Then Lillard could have put it away. This felt like the game winner. Dame takes it across the timeline, defended by Shaq Harrison. Crosses over, spins around, steps back, fades for three. Got it! Ties it! 50 for Damian Lillard with 6.4 left in the overtime. I mean, I couldn't believe that they weren't fouling him. I mean, you foul him late in these overtimes, and you put him on the free throw line for two points. Here's one more, the 12-3. It was Dame time last night. Dame goes left, gives it up to Mello, back to Dame with Austin Rivers on him. Bounces off of Gordon again from way down. Tail banks it in! There's the NBA record! Damian Lillard with his 12-3 of the game. He's got 55. Incredible game. and That's on Portland Radio. After the game, Michael Malone, the head coach of Denver, was asked why he didn't defend better the threes or at least put Dame on the foul line. Damian Lillard's a, he's like a Chris Paul. He's been around the block. He knows what time it is. And if you're trying to take that foul, my, my concern is him making the three and giving up a four-point play. So it's really out of respect to Damian Lillard, his experience as a clutch player. There's a lot of things you can sit here and second-guess lineups give a foul not give a foul you know we won the game that's all that matters and we will watch and learn from all those end of game late game situations where you know we, we could have been better well, that was a bad answer from the coach you got to foul damian lillard when you got the lead in the game you cannot let him win the game you've got to get the ball out of his hands so this is nba time of year we threw out Jonathan Abram. We're going to spotlight it today. If you got a concern about Jonathan Abram, you want to get behind him, you think he's the right guy for the job, uh, give us a call and talk about him today. We're going to spotlight players over the summer to try to really focus the show. We focus our show every day. 
Okay, we're not doing dummy radio. We're trying to lift everybody up in the Raider Nation. I asked you about the tailgating situation. That obviously went over like a dead brick. So if you're going to tailgate, get there on your own. I'll see you inside. I'm trying to get you people fired up to get into the building. I'm getting into the building today to see my seats from 3 to 6. If you've seen your seats, if you got a plan for a tailgate party, tell us about it. 702-365-9200. Brought to you by Remy Martin. And remember, when I'm on the strip or I'm at a bar, I'm noticing that a lot of restaurants and bars, they're simplifying their menus. They're going back to two to three ingredient cocktails, only using premium ingredients with a local twist. And the one premium cocktail that I love to order, it's been around since 1922, is the sidecar with the original way. That's with Remy Martin Cognac and lemon juice, the Remy Martin sidecar. That's the way I roll. That's the monologue. Max Montoya will join us. Steph McKenzie at the top of the hour. Johnny Katz on the opening of Vegas. Get your calendars out. A lot of events you're coming to. And we'll also take a look at the moving odds from a gaming perspective on how to bet some of these games tonight. And some underdogs, I thought, are now favored at home in the NBA. JT, we begin on Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. We think he can be an outstanding player. He's got to stay healthy. You got to prove he can do it. I think he can. But um, getting him back with Kwiatkowski and Littleton and the addition of Demarius Randall and, and Jeff Heath gives us more depth and versatility in the middle of our defense, which we think we need. John Gruden with Spotlight and Jonathan Abram today. And it's our Raiders Legends segment brought to you by the M Resort and Spa. Head on in there and check out the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Max Montoya joins us, four-time Pro Bowl guard. What a career he had for the Bengals and the L.A. Raiders. Max, thanks so much for joining us. Great to talk to you. How are you? Hey, doing great. My pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Let's begin early in your life because when you came out of high school, you had to go to community yeah. college in Walnut, California, before you got to UCLA. How dicey was that early in your football career where you had to make a decision if this was going to be your sport? How tough was it? You know, it, it was tough. I, I really didn't play football. I, I went out my freshman year in high school, got hurt in training camp, never played until my junior year. And then uh, then my senior year, I wasn't able to uh, to pass a physical for some unknown reason. Uh, high blood pressure or something. I blamed it on a good-looking nurses, but I uh, couldn't pass the physical. But I, but I played uh, track and baseball and everything else, and for some reason, that particular my senior year in high school, I, I couldn't play. So the, the next year I went to uh, Mount Sac, and that's what really started me on my way. And that's amazing. How did you get on Terry Donahue's radar? How would you end up at UCLA? <laughs> Talk about a step up with competition to the Great Bruin program. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was something else. Uh, really playing one year of high school football and then going to junior college and and really finding my way. And my first year at uh, 
Mount San Antonio Junior College had a great offensive line coach that uh, really took me under his wing, and, and maybe he saw something in me and kind of threw me in there a, a whole lot. Uh, I was playing right behind a, a second-year player, uh, so I was getting to play a lot in and out uh, different series. Uh, then I started the next year. So so that coach actually saw something in me and, and uh, uh, was able to develop, I guess, my skills as an offensive lineman at that time. Max Montoya uh, joins but, us. You know, Max, I want to yeah. stop for a second because that's such a big moment. We have so many parents yeah. listening to the show and young people, and I just want to say if that coach doesn't have that impact in your life early on, you probably have a career doing something else. <laughs> You're exactly right. Yeah, I always wanted to be a teacher, and then uh, I love sports, so I, I wanted to be a physical education teacher and a history teacher and then and, and also coach sports. And I was really thinking going back to high school and hopefully teaching. But, uh, but yeah, one thing leads to another, and, and, you know, coaches or teachers take a somewhat of an interest in you and, and sees possibly some some ability there, and, and they start developing it, and, and, and that's – that's basically how I, I got through and got to UCLA. I was very a raw, raw product, if you will, uh, coming out of Mount Sac, really not playing very much football. Uh, and they saw something in me and stuck mm-hmm. with me, and I started two years with uh, UCLA. Uh, and, and it's just amazing when I look back on it, too. You know, it's, it's the people that help you along the way on your journey. Uh, you, really, you really appreciate those folks. Max Montoya, I asked one of my best friends who also played for UCLA after you, what's it like during a timeout at a UCLA game when the sun's setting in the Rose Bowl and it's packed and you're looking up at the mountains? I mean, how you're in the middle of a war, you're in the trenches, but did you ever get a moment to take in the beauty and the spectacle of playing in that, in that beautiful stadium? Well, you know, back then when I was at UCLA, uh, 76, 7, and 78 was my last year. We were actually at the Coliseum. Oh, you're in the Coliseum. Uh, okay. We were back in the Coliseum back in those days, and, and we were actually the pack when I got there. It was a pack eight. Right. <laughs> That's how old I am. And, <laughs> and then I think we went to the pack 10 uh, my senior year. Uh, but, yeah, it, uh, going back to the stadium thing of it, uh, really I started my, you know, at the Coliseum at UCLA and finished with the LA Raiders playing in the Coliseum my last game. So it's funny how it goes full circle. Max Montoya is our guest. Absolutely. So you had three or your four Pro Bowl years with Cincinnati and you were a great player in Cincinnati. So let's get to the meat of the interview on how Al Davis courted you or talked to you. What was the relationship like competing against Al Davis before you became a Raider? You know, it, it was great. Uh, I played with the Cincinnati Bengals for 11 years, played played with the, the great Anthony Munoz, the only Hall of Famer from the Cincinnati Bengals, by the way. Uh, and he was my room dog for 10 years. But uh, we're both L.A. kids or suburban L.A. And, and always coming back to play the Raiders was a great thing to play in front of our family and friends and everything else. But the, the Raiders always had that stigma, too, that the – you know, they were pretty badass players and, and a pretty badass team. So, and Al Davis always had that uh, aura about him. And the and, uh, funny thing is, is, is he called my hotel room when we were in Hawaii in the Pro Bowl in 1989, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I thought guys were playing pranks on me. I, I thought, no way is Al Davis going to call me. And lo and behold, it was Al Davis. 
called you in your room at the Pro Bowl. Yes, yeah, incredible. Uh, and that was back in the late '80s when the the NFL developed some goofy Plan B situation, and uh, it's kind of a form of free agency. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was really a lot of turmoils in the '80s when. I went through two strikes in the '80s, and and uh, just really crazy. But they, they had the Bengals had put me on Plan B, and I was in right. Hawaii playing in the Pro Bowl. And and uh, the way I think how he got my number was, of all things, one of my cousins was a Raiderette back then, and uh, said they got my my hotel room number from from Margot, my my cousin. Incredible. Max Montoya joins us. Uh, someone texted me high up in the Raider organization and said, I feel that Max was yeah. one of the best free agent signings the Raiders ever had. Great hands, great footwork. And one of the reasons wow. he signed with us originally from the Los Angeles area playing at home. So, Max, Jimmy, you mentioned Anthony Munoz, who's a friend of the show, and what a brilliant human being. What Raider teammates yeah. had the biggest impact on you and you had the biggest bond with? You know, uh, O-line, we always just stick together, and it's just always the guys. And, and uh, really, all the guys, we, we talk. And, and uh, Jeff Hostetler was kind of uh, honorary offensive lineman. He always kind of talks and gets in with our discussions. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I talked to uh, Steve Wisniewski a, a lot and Don Mosbar and a few other guys and, uh, you know, Steve Wright. And it's just nice. It's, it's really a great thing. And, and one of the greatest things, and it's true what what the Raiders say, it, is once a Raider, always a Raider, and it's a Raider family, and and that's the way they make us feel, and uh, they treat us as such, and and it's really great to get together with all the guys. Max Montoya, as we wrap it up in the Raiders Legend segment, one other big yeah. part of your legacy is a four-time Pro Bowl. You played in two Super Bowls with the Bengals, yeah. and I, you know people look back at the legacy and history of the Bengals. And you look at those Super Bowls, those are great teams you played on that you came up short, obviously, against legendary teams. How did you come to grips with that? How tough were those losses when you look back on them and getting that close to the ultimate prize? Yeah, it, it still burns me after all these years. And and the one guy, Joe Montana, beat us in both uh, Super yeah. Bowl sixteen and Super Bowl twenty three. Uh, pretty good games. Uh, we lost in the, probably the last – 90 seconds with the Joe Montana final drive and beat us uh, in, in Super Bowl 23. It, it kind of still sticks in my cry. You know, all the years I played, I, I was very fortunate to play 16 years. And, and uh, really the only thing I wish I would have been able to have a Super Bowl ring on my finger. Well, your that, career has been, yeah, yeah what, the career is incredible. The, with who you played with, how high of a level yeah. you played. You played in two Super Bowls with the Bengals. You come to the acclaimed Raiders. Al Davis, the yeah. Brown family. I mean, it's a very yeah. proud legacy. Max, what have you been doing with yourself? Tell us about your family, your businesses. What's going on now? Yeah, doing real well. Uh, you know, just enjoying life, enjoying the grandkids now. We've got uh, we've got a, a three-month-old now uh, little boy. We've got four gr- granddaughters. Uh, ranging in age from six to three, and, and now we've got a little boy, grandson, and uh, honored that uh, my son named him Max. Uh, wow. So what, <laughs> what a great thing that was. Uh, so just enjoying life, still doing business. I'm still working. Uh, I'm in the quick service food business and, and uh, still doing that, but uh, really enjoying just the family. 
Excellent, Max. Honored to talk to you. I hope to see you out here in Vegas. You know the alumni department and how serious they take this and wanting to host you yeah. out here and get you out for game day. So I hope to see you a lot. I'll tell you what. I know I'll be back, and we're probably already starting to look at the schedule and seeing when we can come back and you know and, and see everybody and take a look at that fabulous uh, football field stadium that they built. And, and uh, I'll tell you, even the guys I play golf with out here in, in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, they're talking about coming out, you know, for a game. Uh, I think the Bengals are coming out yeah. to play the Raiders. Uh, so they're asking me for tickets, and uh, uh, I don't know if I can help them out. It's already a sold-out <laughs> gig uh, the full year in, in, uh, in, Vegas, in Las yeah. Vegas. Well, so, thank you for doing let's, this, let's Max. Hope, have, yeah, yeah let's, have a, let's hope for a great uh, Raiders season. Look forward to it. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Hey, you take care. Nice talking with you. Thank you. Great talking to you, Max Montoya. What a player he was. I mean, you think of Anthony Munoz, you think of Max Montoya, Cincinnati, and then Al Davis calls him in his room at the Pro Bowl. I mean, every time I interview these guys, I try to get something out of it that could stay with us, and they put all these interviews on the podcast at the Raiders homepage at Raiders.com, and it's just that moment where he's playing junior college and if he doesn't have an offensive line coach in junior college that sees something in him, then he never goes and plays football. And he was drafted in the seventh round, and he goes on to win four Pro Bowls, to be honored with four Pro Bowls, and play in two Super Bowls, two AFC championship-winning teams, and five seasons with the L.A. Raiders, 11 seasons with Cincinnati, five with the Raiders. That's a football player. He played in two 123 games he started 195 and you hear him you know he's a bengal right he's a bengal no he considers himself a raider because all of these alumni have this experience with the raiders and al davis and now mark davis and they're so happy to be involved in the organization once a raider always a raider that opens me up for the top of the hour who's going to break the ice today let's get the show going 702-365-9200 if you've seen your seats already in the stadium or about to, how are you going to have a new routine? What's going to be your plan for going to the Raider game this year? Uber, Lyft, hitchhike, tailgate, go inside, want to know your vision. And we're talking about John Abram today, the safety of the Raiders. They drafted players around him. They brought back Carl Joseph. I think it sent a message to him. And Jonathan Abram knows that he's got to change his philosophy as a football player. Play a little bit more under control. Still be fierce. He's a great tackler in space. But how is he going to stay on the field and remain healthy? The big thing with Jonathan Abram is availability. And Damon Arnett. They're both super young. They're both first-round picks. They've got to be available. John Gruden has told me on the record on TV and radio that he needs these guys at practice. Coach Gruden cannot afford this year to come out after the off day on Tuesday to practice on Wednesday and to get a list of guys who can't practice. That's all it was last year. Trent Brown, no, he's not going to practice. Abram, hurt. Arnett, concussion protocol. Oh, COVID protocol. Another guy in COVID protocol. That's got to stop. This is a big year for the Raiders. They have nine home games plus a tenth in Los Angeles against the Chargers, which is a home game. The Raiders are poised to make a run to the playoffs this year because they added depth on the defense, and it's one of the best offenses in all of football. The only way they're going to make a playoff run is if everybody or most everybody is available. 
and that includes Jonathan Abram, we don't want to have to worry about his availability. 702-365-9200 as we get going. Steph McKenzie, Johnny Katz, the next hour. Brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Frank and his team, they're going to work today. It's hot. They're going to sell a lot of cars, do some tremendous financing, and then they're all going to watch the Golden Knights because they love the Golden Knights and are a partner. The Henderson Honda Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. Now this is definitely my rookie season. I mean, I did not play nothing but one game. So under, you know, what we consider in the DB room, you have to play a full season in three games after that until you're not considered a rookie. So, I mean, as far as physically, I mean, I'm still considered a rookie, but mentally, I mean, I was never even a rookie. I mean, I was just, I showed up, I was a part of the, the 11 guys, a part of defense out there, just trying to do my job the best ability I can do it. It's Jonathan Abram, JT. We're spotlighting him today with encouragement. Every Raider fan who wants to win and get to the playoffs, sick of losing, want to get to the playoffs, knowing that this is a playoff roster. They were a playoff roster last year. That's what I try to remind other people when they crap on the Raiders nationally. It was, should have been a 10-win team. They were 8-8 eight eight team. They had first and goal at the four with Mariota. It was a miracle, blind win for Miami on a Hail Mary on a broken play. Raiders should have been a 10-win team, and they played that way. There was 6-2. and two. So I'm not making it up. I'm not saying that the Raiders – the Raiders were a playoff team last year that fell apart late. So the structure of the roster and the players got better. I mean, this roster, do you agree, is better than the 6-2 and two roster that started last year? I think it is. Now, other people will disagree with me because Trent Brown's gone, Gabe Jackson's gone, Rodney Hudson's gone. So I, I get that. It's, it's close. But the defense last year was god-awful. I mean, terrible. As bad as you can be, and now it's been completely upgraded with four to five new defensive interior players who I think four are going to make the team, Solomon Thomas and the other interior big guys, and then the edge with Yannick Ngakwe, and then what they did in the secondary loading up there. So I think the defense being better, and I mean, what do I mean by better? You can't be 29th. you got to be like, 21, 22 in that range. I'm not looking for a top 15 defense. Things can happen. They got some good players there, but let's take some steps first. But the defense playing better, I think, is going to give the uh, the offense fresher legs and give them the ball back a little bit more. 702-365-9200. Stoner dude checking in. Good to know the phones work today. What's happening, dude? Yeah, man. The phones are always working. Hey, dude, um, first of all, uh, great show last week with the 25-year anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, great Thank job you. by Bobby Machado putting together all those uh, great guests. Took me back in time. Sports Fan Radio Network. Those were the days, man. Uh, I want to first of all say about Jonathan Abram. You know, I've been watching a lot of those games, the replays they show on NFL Network. And, you know, I know he gets a lot of criticism. You've already broke all that down. But I can tell you this much of how I feel about him. I think he does a lot of things right, and he plays like a Raider when he's out there. And I think he's just going to get better under Gus Bradley. He's, got, he's surrounded by so much great talent. 
It's only going to help him elevate. And he said it himself, and it's great to hear him talk about how he's maturing and getting to know the game and know his team. And I think he's going to feel it. He's going to play good this year, JT. Uh, we'll also talk about the tailgating situation. You know, for so many years, JT, I was out at that parking lot at that Oakland Coliseum playing with Raiderhead out there in front of thousands of fans, playing at Ricky's the night before. And this is all new uncharted territory. I, mean, I get a lot of calls all the time. Where are we going to tailgate? How is it going to work? Um, I know this. Raider fans are resourceful. They'll figure it out one way or the other. And I think that the local businesses are going to figure out how to accommodate them as well. You know, Stoner, dude, that's a great point. You said something I tried to hit on, and no one, no one bought into it the first hour other than you. Raider fans are resourceful. You've got to figure out your new plan. The new plan is going to be different, and what I'm worried about is the complainers, the people who complain on Twitter and on radio, complaining about it because it's too hot. Traffic, they didn't come in the right way. you got to figure it out now, right? You're going to have a plan in place before Monday Night Football. I mean, Monday Night Football is going to be a zoo. We can't look at Monday Night Football as a typical event, but on a typical Sunday where you're going to these games and going to tailgate, you're going to be resourceful. Well, you know, like you, you just said it, some people are just complain, and then there's others who just figure it out and make it happen, and those are the ones I'll be following and working with. You know, like I said, I'm already getting calls. Raider fans are figuring it out now. You know, and rock and roll's back. Stuff, everything's opening now in Vegas. Man, it's, it's all looking good right now, JT. You know, we're going to have, the, of course, the next year's draft in Vegas. All these things are happening right now, so everything's going in the yeah. right direction. And, and I'm loving it, JT. And one last thing, uh, next uh, month – uh, July 3rd, uh, my band Electric Dynamite will be with the Count 77 over at Vamp. So I got a lot to look forward to. Everyone's uh, stoked about the way things are happening right now. Like I said, Raider fans are coming to town. You got it, Stoner Dude. Take care. And I'm thrilled that he's got a really good band. And go see him at Vamps. If you haven't been to Vamps, and Bobby, you could jump on because he thanked you for the anniversary show. We've been thanking you. You deserve all those thanks. And me and you got to get to a show at Vamps. There's nothing like going to that rock club, sitting back and being right on top of the music and having it blow right over your hair. No question. My favorite, well, almost my favorite club. I'm a big fan of the Double Down, but they don't really have bands too often. But no. Vamps, Vamps is the, that is the rock club in Vegas. If you're a rock and roller and you're coming to town, that's the club you want to go yeah, hang Vamps out in. No great. question. All right, explain this to everybody because I'm not giving away stuff for free, man. I'm not like, you know, get a sub and be the eighth caller. I think that's just not me. It's never been me. So how, how is – we got a Vegas Golden Knight hat to give away, correct? Okay, here's how it works out. Okay, let, me, let me hear this. Okay, here's how this is going to go. We have a pair of tickets that we're giving away for the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche, Game 5 this Sunday. How they're going to qualify people that's to game get – That's Game 4, excuse me. That's Game 4. On Sunday's game four? Okay. Either yes. way, we're, we're going to have you qualify to – actually, it's, it's a Sunday game, whichever one it is. Anyway, yes. what we're going to do to qualify, caller number five – No, call, no, 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 no. Oh, we're no, not going to no, do no, that? No, we're not doing caller number five. Okay. I'm not doing that crap. Okay. I'm sick of caller number five. We need a caller to call in on the nights. Is that fair? Cool. Works for me. Good. That's good. No, no, no. No call five – call fifth time and hang up tw- – no. That's crap. I don't do that. you got to call in on the Golden Knights. If you have a good call on the Golden Knights, we're going to give you a two-foot sub, a Golden Knights hat, and qualify you for the tickets. How does that sound? Okay? I'm sorry to raise the bar, everybody, but someone's got to do it, and it's going to be me.